Vertforce, this is our series about certifications that will make you a more marketable candidate. Today, we're talking about the CAPM, Certified Associate Project Manager, and the PMP, Project Management Professional. Let's learn how you can achieve either of these in 30 days or less and increase your salary by 20%. Welcome to the Vertforce Podcast. Our show helps active duty military spouses plan virtual careers. Each week, we'll be uncovering the secrets of virtual work to help get you hashtag hired. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the show for you. We are bringing you everything from juicy job opportunities to advice on how to glow up for a virtual interview. And now, Let's meet our host. She's the change maker responsible for getting over 700 military spouses hashtag hired and making a $15 million impact in the military community. Burt Force founder, professional speaker, remote staff augmentation specialist, visionary. Here's our host, Kimber Hill. Listeners, in this episode, we're talking with a PMP expert. I'm going to introduce him to you in just a moment. But before I do, let's talk about why PMP and why CAPM. The first two pieces of information I want you to be equipped with is that the CAPM average salary, according to payscale.com, is $67,000 a year. And the PMP average salary is $107,000 per year. Personally, after I went through the PMP, my salary jumped 20% within three months of completing the PMP. So I want you to walk into this conversation knowing that this is something you can get within 30 days that can increase your ability to contribute to your family. It is such a valuable certification, not to mention Literally every industry you can think of needs PMPs. As you'll hear in this episode, this can range from the Department of Defense to IT to construction, just literally everything you can imagine. You can't go wrong with this one. Okay, I'm ready for you to meet our guest. So without further ado, let's roll into our conversation. Vertforce is launching something big, Rocket Remote, our proven method to harness LinkedIn for your remote career search. Our LinkedIn video modules in Rocket Remote give you the keys to rev up LinkedIn's search engine capabilities and unlock the secrets to navigating its vast digital network. But LinkedIn is not all you get. Rocket Remote combines our LinkedIn video modules with our popular resume bootcamp course so you have exactly what you need to prepare for the virtual job market. Subscribe at bit.ly forward slash VF hyphen RR. That's bit.ly forward slash VF hyphen RR. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertforce podcast. I'm your host, Kimber Hill, and today we are continuing our series on certifications that will make you more marketable. My special guest today is someone who I've worked with personally and have a great friendship with. 
I'll tell you a little bit about him now. Despite that, he was a drill sergeant for the U.S. Air Force for almost six years and basically lost his cool during everything. His unique and quirky trait is that he has the ability to see through every issue and maintain his cool during the most challenging of times. He's most proud of his family, and that starts with 27 years of marriage to his wife, Michelle. They've been able to weather many issues and grow together to create not only a deep and emotional relationship, but they also share three children and even a grandson. He's the owner of a small training company called Your Instructor, where they not only train people on passing business certifications like the Certified Associate Project Management Certification and the Project Management Professional Certification, and the Agile Project Management Certification, but they also create digital classes for companies. He's helped over 2,000 students and over 1,000 directly get PMP certified. One of those students was me. Please welcome Juan, Juan Martinez. I love it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today, and I appreciate you bearing with me. For my listeners, I am displaced. We are in the middle of a military-style move, so I'm working from a friend's office. I don't have my mic. I don't have my general equipment that I normally have, but thankfully, we are able to use a great Bose headset and Zoom to get this episode recorded for you because we know that you guys need to hear this conversation, and you need to meet one. First, what I'd like to say is if you'd like to contact Juan, I want to give you his contact information up front, and we're going to get into a really juicy conversation with him. His email address is juanjuan at yourinstructor.com. That's juan at yourinstructor.com. So I had some questions for you right off the bat. I think what our listeners would benefit most from in this conversation is if we start with what is the CAPM and what is the PMP? Right. In industry, there's a requirement if you really want to move forward, that is. If you want to stay happy or or complacent in where you're at, then the CAPM and PMP may not be something you need. And I say that as the owner of a company because I want students that are going to be serious about it because getting one of those two certifications, for example, the certified associate and project management certification would allow your future employer to understand that you're serious about your profession. After all, anybody can go to Lowe's and buy a paintbrush and call themselves a painter. But at the end of the day, if you haven't demonstrated aptitude and set yourself apart from the other people in your, in your profession, then you should expect to stay stagnant at some point in your career because you haven't done or we haven't done, should I say, our part in setting ourselves apart from anyone else. Now, the project management professional certification differs from the CAPM in that the CAPM is entry level. So I have a 25-year-old daughter who just finished college. She has a bachelor's degree, and she went out and pursued her certified associate in professional, excuse me, in project management because she doesn't have the three years requisite experience and managing people and equipment and supplies and projects that you do need to have for your project management professional certification. The PMP is the more senior level. It shows that you've been doing it for at least three years as a professional, not as a side gig on the weekends or on the evenings. And it really differentiates you apart from any other project management professional because 
if you have your PNP, I call it the ticket to the dance. If you don't have your PNP, when you go on job searches such as Indeed or Monster, you will see that some of them, actually quite a few of them say PNP required. Yeah, I see that often. And I noticed after I got the PMP, I was applicable for so many other positions that previously were closed off to me. So one of the things I comment about that is the students, I build trust with my students and I try to build rapport because what I ask them to do to get into the study stuff, it's a lot of work. It is not easy, as you know. It is not easy. And I failed the test the first time and I had already been teaching the PMBOK for a year and a half when I went in and tested the first time, the PMBOK, by the way, is the book, the Project Management Body of Knowledge textbook that, that is basically, for lack of better words, the cornerstone of the exam. So to build trust with the students and have them study all this material, I tell them that I promise you that once you get your certification, doors will open to you that you have never even knew were there. It's kind of like, if I'm allowed to say this, Narnia's closet, right? You, the wardrobe, where you open up the back of the wardrobe and there's this door to a kingdom you've never seen. Having your project manager and professional certification is exactly that. Doors open that you didn't even know were there. That's so true. So Juan, I'm curious, and I would love for our listeners to understand who you are. You know, I, I was really drawn to working with your organization because you are a veteran, and I love to patron veteran-owned businesses, but I want our listeners to understand what drove you into teaching the PMP, how long you've been doing it. Share with us how you got there. So ironically, I didn't know that I was going to enjoy teaching as much as I do. So when I, as you mentioned in the intro that I did almost six years as a drill sergeant many, many years ago, believe it or not, a major, major portion of that job was teaching, teaching new recruits how to be indoctrinated into the military. So I started really appreciating learning and teaching. And then I left that job and I went to do other tours of duty in the Air Force. I did 22 years, retired at United States Air Force. And my last job as an active duty member was to teach new officers how to be project managers. So they, they plucked me out of a project office and said, we're going to put you here. We like what you're doing. We want you to teach the new workforce. So that's where I really started. They handed me a copy of the PMBOK and said, make yourself an expert on this because you're going to be teaching this book, a three-week class, to a bunch of new students. And that's exactly what I did for about two years, two and a half years. I taught the PMBOK for the government as an active duty member. And then I had a bunch of people come back to me and say, hey, look, I want to get my PMP, and I heard you're teaching this, this PMBOK. Teach me. So I started building my business in the evenings and on the weekends. And it's kind of a funny story. My first year, I had invested about $40,000 of my own savings to do this business. And I don't even think I made back $10,000 the first year. And my, my wife was saying, you sure this is what you want to do? You know, because <laughs> you're not getting the returns you thought. My first, class had th- <laughs> my first class had four students in it. Three of them failed the PMP exam. So it's oh, just no. like scratching my head. What, what I just could not understand how I could help someone else pass. So I've been teaching the PMBOK and the PMP stuff for over 10 years now, probably going on 12 years now. And I've been doing it full time without interruptions, without anybody else for over 10 years, really just understanding how it is that I can help people like yourselves 
past the PMP. So that's, that's a major portion of my daily activities. I love that. So two things that I take away from that. Number one, the PMP is important enough that the government has you and is actively teaching its soldiers the curriculum of PMP. All right, so that's my number one takeaway. So we know that it's relevant and we know that the DOD cares about it. The second thing is you failed when you initially launched this business. You know, you said you had four students, three failed. And so I want everyone listening to this episode to get really comfortable with the concept of not passing on the first time. And then what I also would like to do is open up the conversation of one secret sauce, because I personally studied independently for the PMP. And I think I came within three points of passing on my own, but I did fail the first examination. That's when I found one. And I don't remember how long we worked together, maybe two weeks, maybe four weeks, but it was an intensive boot camp. And you taught me a completely different way of looking at the coursework than what I was doing. I was trying to intuitively absorb it, but rather there's something else underneath it. It's more about understanding the patterns and the rhythm, the rhythms of PMP and knowing what belongs where to passing that exam. So I would love to hear from you. What changed for you between that first class and now? I mean, you've been teaching this for a long time now. What's your key success factor to getting students to pass? I think if I had to narrow it down to one or two or three, I think number one would be it's not about regurgitating the information in the PMBOK. That is out. That is not it. If you think you're going to buy the PMBOK and create a million flashcards and basically memorize the PMBOK, you will still fail the exam because the test is not about regurgitation of information. Absolutely not. It's about understanding the information that's in the book and applying it to 200 questions. Each one is a scenario and how to use the book, how to use the information in the book to drive to an answer that's not even in the book. For example, this example was given to me by a student of mine, Scott Flory, out of Mojave, California, right? I was teaching a class there. He was my guest speaker and he said this example. He said the PMP exam would have a question like this, and this is obviously not a real PMP question, but just to get you thinking. You're pulling into your driveway and you look in your backyard and your shed's on fire. Yes, your she shed is on fire. If you're a project manager, if you're a project management professional, what do you do next? And choice A is gonna be dial 911 because that's what we would do. Dial 911 is the right answer if you're not a project management professional. You gotta scroll down to the answer that sounds like something that might be in the book. The answer would be update the issue log. And the reason is, the issue log is a specific project management professional document that is designed to capture issues. Those are things that you didn't predict that we have to deal with now. Even though you and I would pick down 911 every single time, but not on exam day, you have to think. So the number one thing is you have to think the way the Project Management Institute or PMI wants you to think because it's the PMI way or the highway. It's that simple. And it's important. I love that you say on exam day because we may not consistently follow that brain mold. You know, the PMI makes a brain mold for us and says you need to think in these patterns, you need to think in these directions. And 
that's important when you're taking that exam and when you're answering those questions. So you can't say, well, I think if I were in this situation, this is what I believe would be the best option based on everything that I've memorized from the PMBOK, based on everything that I've absorbed from that piece of material. No, it's what exactly would be the next step according to the framework that the PMBOK has lined up for you. And once you helped me understand that, I passed with flying colors. It was easy almost the second time. With that being said, let me roll into some more history and background on the PMP and why our audience and our candidates should be considering it. So one, the Vertforce podcast listeners, they're typically veterans, transitioning service members, and military spouses who are looking for a career transition but we niche into remote work, virtual work. So for me in particular, having the PMP has been so key in helping me maintain a remote career because it ensures me job security. And I know that there are all kinds of organizations all over the United States right now, all over the world, who are willing to hire a remote or virtual team member who's shown up and shown that they've done the PMP or they've achieved the CAPM. So in your opinion, how do you think these two certifications would make you more marketable on the remote job market? That's a real good question because during my 22 years of being in the service, I was married to Michelle. We've only been married to each other just once. Thank God. I will (laughs) say that she was a military spouse for 18 of the 22 years I was in. I was in four years without when I was single and then I met her when I was on an assignment to Charleston, South Carolina and happily ever after. Mm-hmm. But as far as getting these certifications to help you be remote, I'm trying to think from her perspective, when we bounced around, bounced around, bounced around, she would, I don't know if you want to say, unfortunately, I don't know what the correct word is, but she so graciously was able to and wanted to bounce around with me. So as a result, she had jobs that she would have to cut and then start brand new somewhere else. And then sometimes when you cut, you lose money in the process because you don't always get hired at your expense or at your salary that you left at. For example, I remember one specific assignment that we went from, she lost about, it was like $12 an hour because she has a master's degree in accounting and we went from a city that was willing to pay, then we came to a small town that wasn't ready to pay. They just wanted to pay very little her patience really helped her out. And I always used to tell her, if you have your CPA, we wouldn't be having these discussions because she never got her CPA because this, this chat is about certifications. So mm-hmm. I've always tried to encourage her to get the CPA, but it just wasn't something that she wanted to do. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not trying to be mean or rude to her. I think she would have had a more steady paycheck had she had a CPA because I have friends that are have CPAs and they are able to telework like you just said. Because when you have a skill like that, they don't want to let you go. So they hang on to you. So if you get your CAPM, but remember the CAPM is the entry level project manager. And you only want to have that for three years because as soon as you do that, you qualify for the PMP and move on. It is very difficult to find people to hire. I'm telling you, I own a business and hiring qualified people is harder than you think because there's a lot of options out there right now. And there's a lot of options with teleworking. There's a lot of options with working in an office. There's just a lot of options. 
So how do you differentiate yourself to make it to where the employer, in essence, for lack of better words, won't get rid of you when you PCS? How do you do that? Well, you make yourself valuable. You make yourself valuable internal. You get your certifications. You get your education. You build your network. You get smart at what you're doing. And then when it's your time to leave, it's almost like the employer is in a position to not want to let you go, especially with the advent of all this teleworking equipment right now. I argue that you don't even need to have them. In most instances, unless you have a direct correlation with merchandise, you probably, a lot of us can just work from home. And unfortunately for COVID, that we had to go through all this, but this has opened the eyes of a lot of companies. For example, Twitter. Twitter's a pretty decent sized company. They have a couple hundred employees. They sent out a note saying that we are all going working from home now. Don't come back to the office. We're permanently working. They let their leases go. So as you said, Kimber, teleworking and making yourself marketable and making yourself basically, what's the word, looks so valuable, it just opens doors. Opens doors to let you work from anywhere in the world. I worked with a lady who lived in Japan. Now she had a weird schedule because <laughs> she had to work, you know, East Coast time. So she, had, mm-hmm. she was basically working night shift over there, but she was making great money from Japan. Stay-at-home profit knows how game-changing remote work opportunities are for the military community. While providing education, consulting, scholarships, and career opportunities for military spouses and veterans in remote work through virtual assisting and digital marketing, we are proud to say that our students have been able to work with clients who have been featured in Forbes, Thrive Global, Marie Claire Magazine, and Yahoo Finance. From local businesses, tech startups, and Fortune 500 companies, Stay at Home Profit has spent four years developing and perfecting multiple programs that enhance military spouses and veteran skill sets and experience to get hired remotely in the digital workforce. Join the Stay at Home Profit family today and check out our five-week RVAC Remote Virtual Assistant Certificate Program. We believe you have the determination to build a remote career. So let us help you develop those skill sets so you can get started today. Check us out at bit.ly forward slash VF hyphen profit.com. So for our listeners who don't know what the CPA is, it is the Certified Public Accountant certification. We will do a different episode on the CPA. If you are a bookkeeper, if you've studied business or accounting in college or your master's degree program, that applies to you and we want to push you in that direction. But we're throwing around a lot of acronyms. So as a reminder, the CAPM is the Certified Associate Project Manager. That's the entry-level one Juan is discussing and the project management professional, which is the more senior level. And there are even some above that. So I'll ask you about those in a minute. But going back to what Juan just said, he's saying that adding the CAPM and the PMP to your personal brand, to your personal repertoire, makes you more valuable. So as a candidate applying to new opportunities, it's going to be easier for you to land those interviews. It's going to be easier for you to get that job offer and negotiate that job offer higher than, you know, what the list price is on Indeed. Alternatively, what I love that Juan said is it's going to be more difficult for your employer to let you walk out the door when it's time for you to PCS. And it's going to make that employer a little bit more lenient if you're not currently remote 
in accepting the possibility that keeping you and letting you go remote is more valuable to their organization than letting you go, right? And that's what we want to communicate. But you said something else, too, that sparked a trigger in my mind, which is, okay, I'm going to say something bold here. You can get a bachelor's degree. You can even get a master's degree. But you can't really build a career on your education. Maybe you can if you're a PhD. I think a PhD definitely can build a career on the fact that they are a PhD. Oftentimes you can't do that with your bachelor's degree or your master's degree. So it's it's what you do after you get those degrees that mold you and sculpt you into a career professional. So adding the PMP to whatever your degree is allows you to say, I'm a career PMP and my education is how I niche into PMP, right? Juan, what do you think about that concept? That's a really good concept because I meet people on both sides of spectrums. The one that has that's working on their second or third master's degree, which I, I don't have anything against it, but I scratch my head and saying, you know, I've never been asked, how many master's degrees do you have? I've never been asked that before. They just ask, do you have never. one? And a lot of jobs don't even have a requirement for a master's degree. I have a master's degree. I got it from a no-name school, and I got it as fast as I could, and it checks every block that I ever needed. Now, that may not be for your listeners. Your listeners may want something more prestigious and a more well-known school. That's great. I'm not against that, but here's what I do know. You do not need to have a bachelor's degree or, or higher, only a high school diploma or equivalent to get your PMP. I can get you PMP certified in 30 days, but it takes three or four years to get a bachelor's degree. So if you were looking at how to get into the workforce quick and how to make an impact tomorrow, I'm telling you because I, I'm forcing my children to do this. My own children have a 25-year-old daughter and a 22-year-old son. They both already have their CAPMs, and I'm working on my daughter because she has more experience than my son. He's, she's been working with us for, for three years now. So I'm forcing her, so to speak, professionally, mentoring her, should I say. She calls it tour mentoring, but mentoring her. I'm mentoring her to get her PMP because since you can get your certification faster than getting your, your degree, why not just knock that out and get it out of the way and then work on your degree a class here and a class here and a class there, especially for your listeners who are, a lot of them are military spouses or dependents or whatever the correct terminology is today, that they can work on it a class or two a semester, take a Kleps or a Dante's exam, and before you know it, you've got them both. I think that's a wonderful idea. I wish that someone would have directed me to do that before I went into my master's degree program because the master's degree program, it took 18 months. And there's no getting around that 18 months. And once you're in, you're in, you can't focus on anything else. Your brain is overwhelmed. And it's very much like that with the PMP as well. But the PMP takes 30 days. And it, it's so ironic, the difference. I would say that having that PMP in the job market is almost as good as having or as good as having your master's degree, if not better in so many instances. And I can say this because I work with a lot of hiring partners. We have a lot of people coming to Vertforce saying we want to hire military spouses. We want to hire veterans. We want to give back. When we talk about the qualifications for the position, nobody ever cares about what the bachelor's degree was in, what the master's degree was in. They care about what the certifications are. Why? Well, the certification has prerequisites, which I think we should talk about. 
And those prerequisites reflect real world work experience. And then it also applies you to a standardized framework. And it says this person knows how to do this job according to this standardized framework. And that speaks volumes more than some degrees, many degrees. Absolutely. Of course, I'm not bashing degrees. I'm a degree chaser. I've got to. <laughs> I would love to go get my PhD. I love academia. And I think the PMP combined with a solid education, you know, there's no better way to pursue it. But if you have to make the decision on what to do first, definitely get that certification. That's right. You, you open the door about the requirements to obtain these certifications. So I'll go ahead and explain what they are for each one. Again, we're talking about CAPM and the PMP. And there's, uh, there's another one called Agile as well. That's, that was becoming very popular. Those are the three that my little company focuses on. So let's talk about the Certified Associate in Project Management. The only requirement there is a high school diploma and an, or equivalent. So a GED was fine. And you have to have a certain amount of hours. I believe it's 21 hours of professional project management education. So if you took a bachelor's degree course or an associate's degree course, or even a high school course, I would imagine, if there's such a thing that says introduction to project management, as long as you had, I think it's 24 contact hours. I'm sorry I didn't come prepared for that. As long as you have the contact hours in that project management education, you do not need experience for the certified associate in project management. Because again, you're declaring, I am entering the project management workforce when you have that certification. Now, the PMP is different. The PMP is still high school or GED equivalent. You have to have 35 hours of professional project management specific training, and you have to have at least three years of project management leading project experience. Not just that you were in a room while other people were leading, but rather that you were actually in charge of something. And they don't care how big the something is. You could build a skyscraper or you could be in charge of, of sodding your front yard. They don't care the scale of the project because the steps are the same, believe it or not. The steps are exactly the same of managing a sod project when we think of that as being a small project compared to building a skyscraper. You still have to balance cost, schedule, and scope and everything else. So another thing with your PMP is that you have to renew it every three years. So every three years you have to renew it, but you don't have to take the test again. All you have to do is pay Project Management Institute the renewal fee, which is $150 every three years, not every year. And you have to have accomplished at least 60 hours of continuing education. So what do they count as continuing education? Well, I go to a website called udemy.com and I pay for classes on there. Some of them are as cheap as five bucks. Anything having to do with business, they don't care what it's in, as long as it's business. So I'll learn how to work with millennials. I took a class about that. Okay, I was interested, you know, a lot of my customers are millennials, so I wanna learn how to contact, make contact with my customers. I learned how to balance your balance sheet. I learned all kinds of classes and PMI takes them all, but there is no retake of the test. You only have to pass it once. You never have to do it again, thank goodness. That's, that, Unless that you let it lapse, right, if you don't. If, if you let it lapse, then you got to start the machine all over again. 
<laughs> I have a friend, I have a coworker who said I could shoot myself in the foot because I let my PMP lapse and now I have to retake it. I have to restudy yes. and retake it. So I felt very bad for him. Yes. So don't let but it lapse. Even for our podcast listeners, I believe even listening to certain podcasts will get you those PDU mm -hmm. credits. I know I get PDU credits for hosting this podcast. If you do speaking engagements, you get PDU credits. So it's very easy to maintain. And the barrier to entry to getting into the PMP prep work courses and getting into the PMP exam, it's lower than you think of 24 hours of education and 35 hours of education. That's like a couple of classes. It's a couple of college classes. I remember when I was preparing to take it, I was thinking, is that 35 hours a year? Is that, I was confused. So I needed assistance with getting my application filled out. And I was surprised that, I was surprised in the limited amount of coursework I had to provide to get in. The hardest part for me was proving three years of PMP work, but I worked under a PMP who helped me verbalize that and get it written down on paper in a way that the Project Management Institute would understand. So now we've talked about the prerequisites of testing. Can we talk a little bit about the test prep experience and the testing experience? Sure, because absolutely. it's not easy. It's like everything else in life that's worth having. They make it work. You know, if you think mm -hmm. about life is all about wins and losses and in some respect, and the wins that you earn are the best wins. Those are the ones you cherish the most, just like passing the, the PMP. And by the way, the Certified Associate in Project Management is also a, a challenging exam as well. So the process is real simple. As far as theoretically, it's, the, it's simple. The steps are you apply through Project Management Institute. It doesn't cost anything to apply. And you complete your, your application through the system, and they have to approve you that they daunt you as being worthy, if I, if I could say that, worthy of sitting for their exam. Then once that's approved, then you study your brains out until you go take your exam. The exam for the CAPM is much less than the exam for the PMP. The CAPM is $300 and the PMP is $555. The retakes are not, if you have to take it more than once, you can take it up to three times in one year. The retake for the CAPM is 250 or 275, and the PMP, it's 375. So it's, it's less to take it the second or third time. Once you take your exam, now they're being proctored from home, and facilities are now being open, allowing people to come in and take their physical tests. But the exams are being proctored from home right now, and the feedback has been terrific from the students. You do it at home. The pass rate has been phenomenal. I haven't had but just a couple of failures in the last three or four months since COVID started. And I probably had 150 people pass in the last couple of months. So, I mean, I push a lot of people through. So the taking from home option has been really good if you can eliminate distractions. I mean, that's just the reality. If we have, if we have little children or people that need us in the house or whatever, you're going to have to remove those distractions if you want to take this very challenging exam from home. Just to remind your listeners, if they choose to come through me, the application is a part of my process. I interview them and I actually type in their application for them. I didn't have to do that with you because you already had that done. But if you come off the streets cold to me and say, Juan, make me a PMP, 
I hold their hand all the way until they get certified. And then we hug and they go different, then we go different ways. That's what happens. But I submit their application for them. I walk them through the payment submission. I put them on a training program and I remove all the noise because you're going to see, if you type in study for your PMP exam, you're going to see probably hundreds of thousands of Google hits from every vendor out there that's trying to do this like myself. I'm not saying bad about anybody else. All I know is my program. What I can tell you is you want to remove as much noise as possible and find someone, whether it's me or not, find a vendor that is going to put you on a path to success and they have to be in it with you. Don't pick a vendor. Even if it's not me, that's okay. Go somewhere else. But pick somebody who's going to be there with you and not just teach you a class and disappear. They have to be in a relationship with you and they have to get as excited as you when, they, when you pass the exam because I do get excited when people pass. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, at the end of this episode, I'll give an overview of all the resources that are out there for military spouses and how to pay for this particular certification. But I do want to share my story very briefly. I was working full time when a manager told me you have until the end of the year to get your PMP so that we can move you into another role. And it was basically one of those ultimatum situations, which, you know, I appreciate. It's nice for your manager to put a little bit of pressure on you sometimes to elevate you and get you to quickly migrate from one level to another level. Working full-time had also just launched VertForce. So VertForce was still something that was about six months old, and we were still very much focused on trying to help other military spouses and bringing more work to the military spouse community. And I had studied studied my nards off for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and I just knew I was ready. And I went and took it and failed. And I don't know, when you invest so much time and effort and heart into something and you come out of it and you walk away marginally failing, it hurts. And it's very discouraging. But why I chose one and why I decided to personally work with one, and I don't care who you guys work with, but what I will say is that I wish that I had picked support and a, a mentor and a course from the beginning instead of doing it independently. I've known several people to do it independently and do very well, but I will tell you the PMBOK is not enough. The PMBOK body of knowledge, it's not enough. I also purchased, what was that orange book? What's the orange book that I was using? Do you remember one? What's the What's orange it? one? Andrew? Oh, Andrew um, Crow. C-R-O-W-E. Okay. Crow. I used Andrew Crow's curriculum and the PMBOK independently and failed uh, working with Juan, he has his own material, but I will tell you that you've got to be careful about who you select, who you work with, and picking a program that's not going to waste your time and that is going to put you on a defined path towards success. Like Juan said, 30 days with him and you're certified. Of course, you can move as quickly or as slowly as you want, right Juan? You can. I mean, I have people that have done it in a week. And I have yeah. people that have done it in three years. So somewhere in the middle is where most people <laughs> fall. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, a month to six weeks is a good What I tell people, it, 30, 30 to 90 days, you should be off my books and certified with a six-figure job already. You should be moving on. Because the reality is, let's just pretend that, you, that one of your listeners goes in and takes the exam and fails it. 
Okay, okay, so that's not all bad because now you know what it looks like, you know what it feels like, you know what it tastes like, you, you have an experience. Now you understand because a lot of the times when my students fail, it's not because of the information, it's because of nerves. It's because they, they've never done this before. They've never read questions like this before. But my pass rate the second time is almost 100%. It's almost 100% because now you can add experience on top of your knowledge. And yes, you can sharpen the pencil a little more on some of the areas because PMI will give you feedback and say, okay, you didn't do so hot in these areas here. Sharpen the pencil, read those chapters again, ask me questions. I answer every email that comes through or any text message. If you try to call me, it's tougher. I give us voicemail. But if you send me an email, I will respond. I'm an early riser and I check my emails every morning between 5.30 a.m. and 7.30 a.m. All I do is mm -hmm. answer emails and make sure that I can move on with my day. So, yes, it's, it's, it can be daunting in order to do this, but it's so worth it. I love that. Yeah, the testing experience is different. It's interesting that they're proctoring in-home now. My testing experience, you know, they strip you of everything you own. It's all put into a locker. I believe they even take your pencils, give you new pencils. They check your earplugs. It's kind of like stepping into a prison. And that's nerve-wracking. It really is. And you're in a room where people are taking all kinds of tests. You have no idea what anyone is taking. But if someone is a heavy breather or they're talking when they shouldn't be talking, it's, it can be very nerve-wracking and very distracting. I wish I could have taken mine from home. That would have been wonderful. But, you know, such is life. <laughs> Right. I've heard of all kinds of stories. I mean, uh, construction going on and people's, hey, give me that two by four. Where's that saw? Yeah. During our test. But I think the number one complaint I hear from people who take the exam in a physical location is people just walking in and out. Yeah. Because some people are only taking their exam. It's only 30, 40 minutes and you're there for four hours. The exam is 200 questions. It's four hours. You can take it faster, but four hours is the maximum. And people are coming in and out that whole time. And they're not so nice. In and out. Yeah. It's rude. <laughs> it's like, don't you understand? I'm taking a four-hour exam right now. Can you just leave? That's right. All right, Juan, those were all of the questions I had for you for this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to hash into the CAPM and the PMP with me and set expectations. Where can our listeners find you? They can find me on my website at yourinstructor.com. You can Thank just go you. on there and click the contact. And whether you come through me or not, or you just have questions, please feel free to shoot me emails. I'll be happy to point you in the right direction, even if it's not with me. I believe in the workforce, what they're trying to do here, what they're doing. And as a prior military person, I have a very soft heart for people who are in the military or dependents or spouses, because I know how challenging it is to build a network when you're being asked to move every three or four or five years. So if there's anything I can do, please let everyone know I'm here to help. Thank you, Juan. Juan rescued me for the PMP. I'm so happy to have been able to share him with you on this episode. I wanted to take a minute to talk about how to fund your PMP. So we talked about you needing prerequisites to take the CAPM or the PMP. And this is going to be coursework that you have to have completed in an education setting. So if you have your degree, if you have a bachelor's degree or a master's degree and you've already completed that coursework, 
Again, 20 hours, 35 hours, that's the equivalent of a couple of courses. You have the option to just pay out of pocket for an instructor, pay out of pocket for the course, pay out of pocket to buy the PMBOK. Personally, this is the route that I took. And I was able to quickly reimburse myself for my expenses. Number one, after I passed the PMP, I went to my employer and I asked for financial reimbursement for becoming more useful to them. And they actually paid for everything. They paid for all of my expenses. And I ended up receiving a pay increase on top of that. So I don't want you to worry if you do decide to pay for this out of pocket. I don't want you to worry about recouping that money. There's also the option that if you are a veteran, the VA may reimburse you if you apply for reimbursement. Your employer may also reimburse you, like in my case. If you don't get reimbursed or you don't even feel like pursuing that, again, the test is going to be from $300 to $500, and the instructor or test prep that you use is just going to be based on whatever you can find. But anyway, even if you decide not to pursue reimbursement of any kind, just consider this the best investment in yourself you'll ever make and you'll never regret. So this has been an overview of how to fund your PMP. Some financial expenses you can plan for. You're going to need to plan for the cost of the test, the cost of the textbooks, and the cost of the instructor, unless you're working through a free program unless you're working through a scholarship program or unless you're using the GI Bill. Okay, I hope that this has been a very informative episode. We are going to be bringing lots of certification topics your way. So stay tuned to the VertForce podcast and our series about certifications that will make you more marketable. All right, VertForce, that is it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate our podcast, and leave us a review. We really love hearing from you. If you need to find the show notes, which include all of the resources we discussed in this episode, you can find those at vertforce.us. Guys, I'm serious when I say we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for an episode or a question, email us at support at vertforce.us. As a reminder, all content associated with the VertForce podcast is the intellectual property of VertForce LLC. All right, catch you next week.